Hey brokers, it's Mark Summers, president of AIM. I'm excited to announce that I will be the new host of AIM's podcast, Broker to Broker. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators, just like me. Download today, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Broker to Broker podcast. I'm Mark Summers, I'm the president of AIM. Uh, I know I may seem like a broken record, but I'm so excited to get into our next guests and talk with them, uh, obviously about what we all do, uh, which is number one, help consumers, but uh, talking about, you know, background, um, their business development, their marketing. You know, I've always said that one of the best things I love about our industry is learning from each other. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to be interviewing a senior loan officer at Wholesale Mortgage Services, and I want to welcome her. And I, I know you guys are going to love this episode. Elena Bolin, welcome. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, no problem. So really excited to talk to you today. I know, uh, you know, it's no secret. We we did a little discovery call earlier. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 funny just for the mere fact of I know that it's, this is going to be easy. We're going to be talking mortgages. We're going to be talking about how to grow your business. We're going to talk about marketing. We're going to do it all. So, uh, you know, I love the background side of it just for the mere fact of I'm still waiting to meet someone that I said when they were in fifth grade, ninth grade, senior in high school, senior in college, I want to get into mortgages. So Elena, tell me your background and tell me how you got into this industry. Well, of course, I think like most of us, it was not on purpose. (laughs) Um, I actually was an accountant and I had just had my first baby, started my family and I got a phone call that um, came from my mom and she was dating a mortgage broker (laughs) and he owned a mortgage brokerage here in Reno and I lived in Orange County, California and he offered me a job here and said, if you come work for me, you can bring your baby to work. So naturally I floored it, left, and I started here as a receptionist in 2005. And that's it. Just receptionist to, to one of the top producers around? No, tell me more. Like, so what yeah. did you do to, you know, like how, how, what was the transition? So you went from, you know, receptionist to where and how and give me more. Well, I I love talking about this part because I feel like it's so important to work your way through every role of a mortgage company and a mortgage brokerage. So being that I started as a receptionist, of course, my job was to answer the phone. And while I sat there in between phone calls, I also labeled postcards that we sent out in the snail mail to borrowers. Of course, we had our, our farm area. And it was really cool for me to notice that my little work on the side of labeling postcards was making the phone ring. And then I realized, well, that's how we're all getting paid. So it it made me want to do a good job. And the small details of things about how I answered the phone, because I see that I had to label 1,000 postcards to get one phone call and make sure the labels are are straight and and everything looks correct. So that was, of course, you know, my first little realization. And then I I moved on, um, just like we always encourage everybody to do here um, at our company. I moved on from receptionist into a processor. And then I got licensed. And of course, I started as an LOA, just assisting other loan officers. And, and now um, I'm a senior loan officer. And I also co-own the brokerage with our, our broker. That's awesome. Now, what year, what year did you get started in all of this? 2005. 
So you were kind of in the wild, wild west days where yes. anyone could walk in and just start writing applications. I mean, I remember because I started in 2001. I remember just people would start coming to the shop and say, hey, I have two loans because I spoke to some guy in the shop. And next, thing you know, they're writing deals. So right. how, how different is it now? Oh, wildly different. Um, we, you know, it, loans used to be pretty easy. I'll be frank. They were easy. I would literally, uh, don't laugh, but here you go. I would cut out approvals and tape them onto a fax cover sheet and send that to my escrow officer via fax. And she would finish those things for me. And it was just, you know, a lot of delegating jobs out. It was that give this to the escrow officer, call the appraiser, order it directly from them and so on. So things are, are very different. Um, but I'm glad that I experienced the changes because I, I know that, um, you know, the changes are here because of mistakes that were made. Um, so I'm very careful about all of our compliance, um, of course, because I'm the one that has to deal with those state auditors. But being that I was there before um, TRID came into play and, you know, not allowing us to speak to appraisers. Now I know why things are that way. And, and it helps me explain those things better to agents and better to borrowers who are questioning the disclosures that are added onto our packet every year. I go, I, okay, I know why this one's here. Somebody refused to provide an appraisal. So that's why we're telling you, we have to provide it to you. It's, it's your report and so on. So I'm really glad that I got to experience the change and make my way through all the different roles in the company here. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. I think that's what kind of makes some some of us the best at who we are, just because right. you've been uh, a receptionist, an originator, mm -hmm. um, a processor, uh, closing coordinator, whatever the case may be. So you see all those struggles. But right. no, I, I, I agree with you that, uh, you know, the knowledge side of it of why we did what we do now or why we do what we do now is is absolutely right. huge. So, right. yeah. So you were you were back where where I was. But that's great. All right. Yeah. So we're going to hop right into your business right now, because that's kind of to me what these podcasts are, you know, within reason are all about is, right. you know, diving into people's business, how they're doing it. As I've always mm -hmm. said, and people are probably sick of me already saying this, but there's a thousand, five thousand right ways to do business and you right. kind of tailor it to yourself. So tell me about your business development, because I want to know how you kickstarted your company's growth process. It's it's been intense and um, very dramatic. Uh, when I started here, if you were a loan officer, you processed your own files. Um, when I talked our broker into letting me take over that role, of course he saw some growth, but the mindset is very different. It's a different generation. Um, where we're at in Reno, Nevada is, um, it sounds like a big city, it is not. Um, it's like a bunch of, you know, cowboy, um, slower paced lifestyle, even though we have some casinos here, we're really surrounded by a lot of rural areas. And that mindset was definitely um, within our business as well. So um, we just started, you know, with, with me processing and then me moving out of processing and of course, hiring more processors, but it was always one processor for all the loan officers. Um, he he kind of stepped out of the picture and moved into politics and He's still very present, but I, I have the reins now. He just kind of, you know, shows up and says hello and waves and, and talks to babies and leaves. But <laughs> I, I being that, you know, he gave me that trust. It was so empowering. Um, I feel very lucky and I learned a lot. So, of course, that came with us wanting to bring in new operations and new loan officers. And my my first um, my first task, of course, was 
how are we going to make our operations better before I want to go look for, you know, loan officers to hire and, and to experience the growth myself. And I was always kind of at a, a plateau of 10 loans a month, every month, no matter what. And so I, of course, hired some more and um, we had three processors and that allowed me to, to double my business. There's no complaints there because we had more processors, but I found um, it was still difficult because we gave one person the file from start to close. I just, you know, handed it over to them at disclosure and they took it from there. And then ironically, um, one year ago today, I um, went out to the AIM office and uh, my operations manager and I took a, a class on how to, you know, structure your operations and, and, and build on it. And it was wildly um, interesting to me and exciting. And we have really changed how things are here now. Um, we have uh, we have a marketing department and, and our team lead there. She, she doesn't just take care of marketing to clients and realtors. She also markets to our employees. She keeps everybody happy. And that's really cool. Um, like this week, she has us playing bingo on the wall <laughs> with little tasks. Like um, I, I taught a coworker how to do something new today. I thanked our receptionist for doing a great job. There, and there's a lot of little things that when you you know you get a bingo, you get some kind of prize that that she has worked up. And she keeps it fun here because I learned real quickly through the hiring process that um, you can have 200 great employees. But if they're not working together as a team, nothing's going to work right. So she's helped me change that. And now we've broken it down to a, a, a great structure where um, we hired uh, new loan officers or loan officers that had been in the business for a while and just hadn't been producing as much as they'd like. So um, they were brought in as inside loan officers or inside sales agent. And um, a lot of the the phone calls that come in from Google and from our website leads, et cetera, go straight to that ISA. And then um, they have the conversation and their job, their main job is just to get a complete 1003 and pull credit. And that's it. Um, once they get that, that task done, they, they've got a bonus and the, the file is, is moved on to LOA or to a loan officer. And, and we take it from there and just kind of make sure it, it fits for a loan and if it benefits the borrower and we have that conversation with the borrower. Um, if, and then from there, it's broken down again where it goes to a setup team and setup runs to you, make sure everything is clear based on what we structured. They issue disclosures and they are in charge of following up with the borrower on disclosures and helping explain disclosures to the borrower as well. Once it's signed, then it moves into a submissions department <laughs> and um, submissions just rechecks to you to make sure they're not submitting unnecessary documents. They reread to you, they check the findings very thoroughly, make sure no documents are missing so we can get a clean approval. Um, when they submit, a loan is approved, then it finally moves on to processing and processing takes it from approval to funding. So you, you obviously <laughs> have a process here, which I'm a, I'm a big process guy. Uh, yeah. How many employees or how, how many people work for, for your company? We have 22 ops employees, counting myself. I count myself in there because I, I like to keep my hands dirty and stay in the weeds. 
I think I think that's important as well. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think there's a I think I think the one thing that uh, brokers have going for all of us is the fact that we are within our communities and we are that voice for them. And you just can't take an app and then just be gone for forever because it you're not creating the relationships, you're not getting the referrals. So that's an interesting process that you have. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's great. Obviously, you're hitting on a lot of things throughout the entire process to make sure the client's taken care of. Absolutely. Right. Love and- that. It's it's really great too to see uh, the growth within the team because I will tell you that um, out of the 22 ops employees, probably um, not probably one of them had experience. One, really and now, yeah. And now we've brought these these people into this business, and it's opened up not not just a job for them, a career. And and I try my best to encourage everybody to move up. Um, you know, my my mindset is get better, get better, get better. And and I've learned not to be too pushy because I used to tell our receptionist, don't stay a receptionist, move up. Do look at submissions. Do you like that? Do you want to be a processor? Do you like that? Um, we really heavily push and encourage moving around in the roles to find the best fit for that person, just in case they aren't happy. I want everybody to be happy at work and 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 that's going to portray you know onto our clients um but i've learned definitely some people like their job and they want to stay in that job and that's okay but but the the growth um by empowering these people to either move around or or you know maybe present a better idea to improve the role has been amazing and, and that's probably my favorite part of this because when we grow here um, I, I feel like in some small way, we're growing the community. We're, we're teaching yeah. these, these people how to, um, how to, you know, grow within themselves and make their family better, you know, more income for them and so on. A lot of them came from uh, retail. We have some from tax preparation. Um, they're all making better money and they're great. I'm so proud of all of them. And I feel like I don't know how I would ever go back to a three-person shop. It, it's impossible now. Now it's like I'm I'm addicted to making these people better, and it's amazing and so rewarding. So, you said something here that I think is absolutely amazing, uh, which is you're trying to make people better. You know, and you know we, as as us individual business owners or as you know individuals or independent brokers, as we love to call ourselves, right. you know we get to help people. And you get to make them better. So it's not even just the consumer. It's not just about making money. You know, one thing I learned, uh, you know, many, many years ago was not chasing the dollar, you know, not seeing how much I can make. It's just, you know, if I make other people better, they're going to make me better. And then everything else just kind of falls into place after that. It sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. Uh, absolutely. If if we, you know, hi- hiring is empowering and empowering is growing. And what does growth mean? It us- growth usually means more revenue. But I, I, I try my best to keep our focus at the, the revenue from the growth on reinvesting into either people or technology. Um, and, and that helps because, you know, uh, people are the most important thing here in, in our team. And, and I'm sure for most of us. Um, but the technology part of it, we all learn together. And, and it helps us to accept failure because sometimes the technology we invest in, it doesn't work for us. And I know as brokers, we always have kind of uh, shiny things being uh, put in our face, try this product and this service, and we have different LOS systems and so on. And it's okay to try those things. And if they work for your team, they do. Um, but invest and try and, and see if that will help your growth because the growth is the key. If, if you're staying stagnant, 
when things slow, then you might not be there and, and you want to be able to sustain not just your business, but your growth throughout any type of volume that's going on in the industry. And if, if you do that, you'll be here. Okay. Hold on. I got to get a pen and paper here real quick. You just said <laughs> something, which was awesome. Re repeat that back to me if you don't mind. It was hiring is empowering and empowering is growing. Yes, exactly. And then the growing is the revenue and you put it back in and it, it's wash, rinse, repeat over and over. And I've, I've had scary months where the accountant was approaching my desk and I was like, get away. <laughs> I know. I already know. <laughs> I right. feel it in my yeah. bones. Get away. Get away from me. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. And, and you just, and I know that that seems wild, but you have to take risks. You cannot fear failure. You cannot, or you'll never grow. So avoid, avoid the account sometimes and, and invest. <laughs> so Julian, who's like our producer of the show, Julian, I'm telling you in the background, get as many of these quotes as possible because they're <laughs> absolutely amazing and they're making me laugh and, and making me think, which is which is amazing. So obviously one of the questions I was gonna ask you is where do you think your success comes from? But it sounds like you've already answered that question is you're you're empowering people and you're investing back into people. And I think that's so important. Right. And then, you know, to touch on that too, I I feel like the the growth growth feels like success for me, but I know too that my success comes from my conversations with borrowers because I'm genuine. I, I feel like borrowers can smell fake a mile away. They have instincts, they have a gut feeling. And if, if you're trying to push something on them or rush them, that, that doesn't feel right. And if it doesn't feel right, they're going to go somewhere else. If, if you are being genuine, you're growing a relationship. So you can't change your tone because a borrower's on the phone and tell all the office to be quiet and stop talking. You, you have to show that everybody's there working hard. And sometimes there's an interruption and my kid may be, be sick and I can talk to you at one instead of 12. And oh, I'm sorry, I said shit. I'm stressed out today. They, people have to hear those things. And if you act like a robot, the relationship isn't there. And I feel like when you're talking to the borrowers, if, if you're genuine to who you are, then, then that is going to be success for you. And, and like, don't get me wrong. I'm not for everybody and that's okay. But because I'm genuine, I'm growing my business and my, my database with my clients, with the people that will stay loyal to who I am in our relationship. And I feel like that's also true with our, our agent partners. We're a good match. So I don't have stress. I don't right. put up with right. that. I don't tolerate it. Um, and if it's not a good match, moving on. And, and it's the same with employees. I, I have to be genuine with them. And that is, you know, I feel like I always loop those three together. It's our, it's our employees, it's our referral partners, and it's our clients. You have to be genuine to all three of those. You have to keep helping all three of those groups. They are all equally important as a team. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, the business development thing to me, um, not to get on my soapbox here, doesn't have to be the most, uh, it doesn't have to be the most difficult thing. It doesn't have to be the biggest plan out there. I mean, you obviously want to put a lot of thought into it to make sure you're successful. But at the end of the day, when you start investing in people, when you start putting trust in the people and helping them grow, they take more pride in it. And then it's just a right. snowball effect to me. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And empowering and, and having their back. If, if they, screw up and you have a tolerance 
oh well, eat it. That's your employee, you back them up. There's little things like that that you, you can't let, you know, get you down or, or you know, have your employee feel browbeaten over. You eat it and you move on and you empower them. And guess what? If they make a mistake, they'll learn too. They're not going to forget that. Um, that's how I learned. Uh, when I was processing, I love to tell this story. I forgot to disclose transfer tax on my second file ever. Fun, right? Oh, good for you. <laughs> so I know because I've been there. So I love telling our ops staff that kind of stuff and, and being able to, again, be genuine and share those things helps them know that they're going to screw up, but I've got their back and they, they need that support. And I love providing that for them. We've all forgot oh, to do right. stuff like that, you know, I yeah. mean, like we're human and that's, that's why, like, if you call some of us and I don't even put myself on that category successful, you know, we've, we've all made those, those mistakes before. It's okay. That's, that's part of the process and it's how you handle right. it. No, I mean, I, I really applaud you on, on what you're doing over there in terms of your business development. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it's great. I think it's something that, you know, if anyone's looking to grow, they need to listen to this podcast. So, all right, marketing. We all market in some way, form or fashion, whether, I mean, it can be as big as buying leads, putting up billboards, uh, buying ads, whatever the case may be. I love to hear this because I had a, a previous guest on and he goes, I don't spend really a dime. You know, and then I had a previous guest on that said, I spent a ton of money and there, there's no right or wrong with it, but I want to know what you do. What kind of marketing do you do? Well, you know, my, my first big task with upping our marketing was um, our website, you know, it was older. And I think a lot of us had that. And let's be real. A lot of brokers had a website that existed and did nothing for you or currently does nothing for you. Um, I definitely fell in that category. And, you know, when AIM started, all of a sudden, I was just getting knowledge bombs dropped on me everywhere, left and right, seeing, um, you know, information shared in the in the Brokers Are Better group and directly from AIM. And um, I, I knew that this, it was going to be a big one. So I, I finally dove in with Leap Pops and I thought, okay, well, they'll just fix my website for me and, and I'll pay them and that's fine. And it was much more than that. Um, they really educated me on, you know, if you go in and someone's website looks great and they can click apply now, wonderful. Um, but most people don't want to apply right away. They want to fish around a little bit. And, and I get that. Um, so they have created funnels in our website where it, it's really uh, the, the look and the step of it is almost identical to what Zillow has. And me being the, the little mortgage broker shop in Reno that used to get my ass kicked for being a broker, I have something that's uh, as equally uh, efficient in technology and capturing information as Zillow. So, so there, <laughs> <laughs> so there Zillow. Um, so I, I just feel, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Okay. What, what else should I do? And, and, you know, lead pops provides a coach that answers stupid questions for me. He will answer me every single day and their fees do not go up. <laughs> um, right. But But I definitely, you know, built marketing, um, especially in the last 12 months, based on guidance from Lead Pops. I cannot tell you how successful it's, it's been. It's like mind boggling to me. Um, because again, the website, is it doesn't just exist anymore. Now I get, um, it's about five to seven leads a day, just just from my website, for people going in and visiting it. Wait a minute, um, wait a minute, it's not. Five to seven leads a day, and you just started this 12 months ago. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
listen to that, everyone. Okay, keep going. Mm-hmm. That, that's just that's just from our website. And and granted, you know, how are people getting to the website, right? So so lead pops help me create lead funnels because uh, a lead funnel meaning um, you know you can post on on Facebook, um, apply now or get some more information. Where call you? I don't feel like it. I'm a you know millennial and I don't want to talk to people on the phone or, or whatever. And I get it. I don't feel like talking on the phone all the time either. Sometimes I, I would like to talk to nobody. So that gives people the opportunity and the choice to do that. So they it, it funnels them to our website and it shows where the lead came from. So the, the funnels are not just for your website, they're for social media. Um, you can also implement funnels for realtors, which we have. Uh, also implemented um, where it has their information and there's lots of customization that that lead pops provides they they uh, can customize it to have your information and the agent's information and all it does is funnel those people into giving you more information and it gives you the basics what is their name what is their phone number what do they want to do do they have a job what's their approximate credit score Right. Real basic stuff, but people are typically not afraid to share that much. And, you know, it's it's just like any other um, big decision. People are scared of this. It's it's painful to apply for a mortgage. I, um, one of my favorite uh, sayings from my broker was it's like going to the dentist. No one wants to do that twice. So once they've already had a pre-approval somewhere else, they'll just usually eat it on the right and they don't feel like shopping. But this gives us the opportunity to just give them some basic information based on what they provided and see if we can do better for them or see if maybe we can save them some money if it's a refinance lead. Um, and it, it it creates the opportunity to start a conversation and create a relationship. And that is our first focus. It's not, thanks thanks for entering your information into our website. Please apply now. Right. We don't do that. I call, no. I, call, I call it a chop shop all the time. Like right. if you go to some of those websites and you fill something out, I mean, you're going to have seven people calling you and you know, it's, it, there's no personalization there. There's, there, there's no sincerity there. Um, but you're, you're able to provide that. Right. And, and it's zero pressure. It's, it's, Hey, you came to my website asking for information. So I remind them of that. That's usually my, my opening line, be it on the phone or an email or a text message. And, it, and then it's just asking questions, not, I don't throw a rate at them on line two. It's, it's, I just ask them questions and it's typically about their, their life plans, right? Are you going to be in this house for five years? Okay. If your refinance doesn't make sense, um, then I'm going to tell you to wait or, or, you know, there's, there's lots of things that I think all of us are pretty good at in terms of calculating the benefit to a borrower. So we talk about that before we ever, ever insinuate that someone should apply for a mortgage. It's all about their benefit first. And, and then we move into an application. And that's typically when um, the, the ISAs are working with those people. Uh, it's, I, I love that job because anyone that wants to be a loan officer, this is where they learn. And, and I have scripts for them, certainly, but they don't have to follow those. They're, they're guides. And it's cool because our op staff that's interested in being a loan officer, if they get licensed, they can move into that job. And if they hate it, they go back to their ops job. Right. So it, it again opens the opportunity for growth and provides a great value by just building those relationships with the clients, even if it goes nowhere. Um, we we have a, a, a cold leads pipeline where, you know, something didn't work out, but we certainly send them information. You know, we don't bombard them. It's 
periodic emails about, um, you know, this, the greatest taco shop around the corner, or there's a big storm coming, you know, there's little things, but it keeps our name in front of them. And we send them our, we have quarterly swag. They get all that too. So even, even the, the little um, marketing that grows from lead pops, it just grows into more organic reaches from us constantly, hopefully never ending. God, I love it. Um, okay. You've talked about your business development, grow your team. You talk about how you get these leads in from lead pops. What about referrals? What are you doing for referrals? Or, or tell me this, because I think this is an important stat and it doesn't have to be exact, but how much of your business comes from referrals and where do they come from? Our biggest referral source is repeat clients or direct referrals from our, our past clients. And it's uh, amazing to me. I, I finally, you know, again, last year when I went and, and took that class at AIM, I thought, oh, I don't know what any of my numbers are on anything. So we, we finally um, dug in there and, and got our numbers together. And 62% of our past clients come back to us. Oh, that's um, awesome. Which, yeah, I was, I was like, thank God, we're doing something right. Okay, so good. <laughs> um, but, but then I dug into the numbers on, you know, where, what is, you know, our closed files? What percentage of them are return clients or referrals from those return clients? And it's, it's really high. It's, it's seventy-two uh, percent. Good for you. That's that's, yep. that's awesome. I mean, sorry, keep going. I'm, I'll say something after you're done. Keep going. You're on a roll. Uh, and and out, outside of that 72% is, of course, the agent referrals, the agents feeding us, us leads and, and so on. And I feel like, of course, um, that's something that I need to, to get better at. I need to um, work on growing our percentage of business um, in, in a higher range from our agent referrals. But we definitely get a lot. It's nothing to, to, to squab at. We, we're proud of the amount of agent referrals that we get in. And um we also use uh, lead pops with them. And that has been a strategy that I've been using to help grow the agent referral partners that we have by not offering, I will pre-approve your buyer on Saturdays. I wanna provide them some marketing value. And I just, I, I show them how the whole thing works and our, our marketing team lead and I usually get on a Zoom with them and we spend a good while, 30, 45 minutes, talking about our personal strategies and by showing them that they've worked for us, let's help them do the same thing and grow their business. And we just hope that by helping them grow their business, they're going to share some business with us, but it's not, of course, anything that they're required to do. Um, and that has been wildly successful. They love it. And um, I haven't had an agent decline the, the help that we've offered in that way yet. So that is, I feel like, um, parlaying into bigger and bigger things by way of lead pops. Again, they have just been amazing. There's not enough good things I could say about them. Yeah, no lead pops. I, I, I hired lead pops not too long ago. And with the little uh, that I, I don't want to say that I know about them because they've always been a great vending partner about us, but the more I'm learning about them, you know, it's, they, they, they're phenomenal. I mean, they, they yes. really, they, they really give you an A game. Um, one thing that you mentioned was, you know, when, when you, when you came out to aim uh, and you did that little class, you didn't know what your numbers were. And I think that people have to understand here, we don't need to touch base on this too much, but I think people have to understand what their numbers are. I am a big sports person. I came from a sports background, team background. 
I always relate it back to, you know, stats, you know, like what are mm-hmm. your stats? You know, I was a big basketball guy. So if I'm not shooting well at the three, three point line, I better get better at it. If I'm doing better right. here, if I'm, you know, and, and I think a lot of our community is getting better at that, you know, uh, but at the right. same time, you got to have a scalable business. You got to know where you're scaling and what numbers you're doing. You just can't say, I think it's good. So right. I'm, I'm glad. I'm definitely glad you touched base on that. Okay. So now you have your referrals you have your lead pops here you will come your fresh leads i heard cold leads and the stuff in here mm-hmm. how do you tie social media into all this because everyone's going to social media now you know yeah. i mean it's uh it's kind of one of those things where i sit there sometimes and say oh god it's getting flooded but at the same time it's like no this is the new norm right so tell me tell me tell me about your social media concepts your social media uh you know wh- where are you going with this well social media um Ironically, it's it's been a long game for me on that. I've been pretty successful with social media marketing, and I hate even calling it marketing, but I and you know I kind of joke about it. I used to use social media as like my CRM because I didn't have one. Oh wow! <laughs> now I have one, of course. But uh, for a long time, that that is how clients I, I just noticed they were coming back to me, and it would be from a post I shared about saving someone some money or you know, a, a pre-approval where I just shared that, you know, I got this bar to um, pre-approve for 500,000 instead of 460 because their rate was so much better and so on. And so I would get direct messages from borrowers that I had worked with 11 years ago and forgot they were alive um, because the algorithms of social media, you know, of course you don't see everybody's action. And it's so funny because there were there's more than I can count, more clients, more borrowers, more realtors than I can count that I thought were just not active on social media whatsoever. And boy, was I wrong. I, like they have no profile picture. They haven't commented on anything in 12 months. And they go, well, I saw your post last week and the one three weeks ago and, and over uh, there, they're, they're watching in the background. Oh yeah. I was, I was floored. Um, and I would say the last five years or so, I've had a, a, a great success with clients or, or, or they'll use, uh, I tell everybody Facebook is a search engine now, right? <laughs> it it um, truly is. It truly, truly yeah. is. I can't tell how many people I've met and I, I don't call it Facebook stalk cause that sounds bad, but you know, you go try to get a little background on them. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, that, that made me think, okay, well, my company page is there, but I don't post very much. And, um, I just kind of got into the nitty gritty of, people that had come back after a long time. And I said, Hey, did you just look me up or did you see a post or or what was it? And one of them, she told me um, something really insightful. She said, well, I knew you were still in the business because I saw you had been posting. Um, But then I decided I want to see how you've been doing. And I thought, okay, here, what, what am, what am I doing? (laughs) And she said, so I went to your company page and there's activity there. So I knew you were still around. I went, my gosh. Okay. So to me, that said that, yeah, people can see that I'm posting and I'm talking about mortgages, but that's just kind of where it validates your business. They, they go look at the business page to validate who you are, even though you're portraying yourself constantly talking about real estate and whatever else you may be discussing. So I definitely strongly um, advocate for, you know, talking about what you do in a genuine way every day. You don't need to have a personal and a business page um, to not talk about one on the other. You can Mm -hmm. certainly share and marry those two, but definitely make sure you have the professional page to back up 
your personal because that's again where people may be validating you and maybe they feel comfortable leaving facebook reviews instead of google reviews um of course you know i i hope and uh, believe that people should be getting away from zillow reviews because we all know that they're entering our space and that is not someone you want to support or pay um you want to keep those those reviews in-house by controlling them via Google and via Facebook. And that's a great opportunity because if if you notice too, if someone doesn't have a Gmail um, and they and you want a Google review from them, they've got to create a Gmail email address account. Um, people don't so, want to do that. Say, that. say that again because I, I mean, personally, I knew that. Yeah, you have to have a Gmail account to leave a Google review. That's, right. yeah, that, that's right. knowledge right there. Yeah, so I'm I'm careful when we um, when we request a review towards closing. If they don't have a Gmail, we direct them to our Facebook page to leave a review there, because it's pretty rare for someone to not have a Facebook page. So I hope that that's easier for them, because I don't want to send clients into a 13-step process to try to leave me a review. You've got to make it as easy as possible for them. That's awesome. I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely love this because, you know, sorry, I'm going to get on my soapbox here, but one of the main reasons why I know I'm blessed and love this is because, you know, everyone knows I'm a broker. I'm still producing loan officer and I still learn every time I get on one of these. So that's why I get so excited about them. So yeah, yeah. no, that's great. I love that. So if they have a Gmail, push them towards Google. If they don't, mm -hmm. push them towards Facebook. Correct. It's genius. It's, it's, right. it's so simple, but it's genius. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people don't think about that. Yeah, it's, it's all about ease for the client. And if you want to be successful in capturing those reviews where you just, you slayed it, you closed early, you saved them a lot of money, don't waste that. Get Make it easy for them. And, and you know, we even, you can have lead pops go and request those reviews for you too. But I take that personal um, and I review every 60 days who has not left a review after closing. And I'm like, hello, it's me again. <laughs> And, and I, it, it takes me usually one hour to make those phone calls. So that's one hour every two months. And we always get more reviews for, for that, that one hour that I spend. And, you know, do I know the ROI to the penny? No, but I know that I have clients that have said, I saw your Google reviews. I, I would love to work with you. They're, they're raving reviews. That's so exciting and refreshing to see. So I know that, that that's working in the positive for me got to pick up the phone and pay attention to those little things and don't just send them another automated email that obviously didn't work the first time pick up the phone or if they're texters shoot them a text anything that you can do to hone in on those reviews is so important and you will just continue to see the benefits for a long time from those i think oh my god this is amazing i absolutely love this all right, so we're kind of coming up to our time limit here, and as I always do, first off, everything you're saying is gold. It's it's absolutely perfect. I, you know, I'm going to tell you this seven more times before we're done. I appreciate everything you're doing for us in the community right now, um, just by taking the time out and doing this. But one of the things I want to get across to everyone because we have every type of member coming in. We have new members who are fresh. We have new members that are coming from retail. We have new members that have been a broker forever. What is one thing, and you can hit on part of it, a scope of it, what is one, one bit of advice that you would love to give to our community? I would say if you are a new loan officer, um, talk about being a broker. 
I, I think I told Mark before that I used to get my ass kicked for being a broker because we were blamed for a lot of the, the prior market crash. And um, I used to avoid talking about it unless somebody asked me directly if I was a broker. And now um, I feel like it's a personal mission of mine to use being a broker as a differentiating factor. This is why I'm different. This is why I'm better. Because I'm a broker, I can pivot for you. I can change lenders if I need to. And I get into the weeds on what that means to any borrower and to any realtor, especially they, they tend to understand it more. So I, I definitely say that's your number one thing if you are a, a new loan officer. The second thing if you're a new loan officer is just falling back again on being genuine. Don't hide anything. Don't don't try to hype up your life to being perfect and and just, you know, portray you. They They found you somehow or other. And I know it seems cheesy, but... The universe works and they put people together for a reason. They were attracted to you in some way for a reason. Someone guided them to you for a reason because they thought, oh, this person can help. This person's a good fit. So be it a referral or or they found you on Google, something sent them your way. So, so create that relationship with them by being genuine. And then, you know, if you're a if you're a broker and you're new to the business, I would definitely lean back on the hiring, but the hiring is, I've learned so much of hiring. Um, I, it broke my heart a few times. <laughs> it's taught me a lot. Um, I don't shy away from hiring friends and family. I, I definitely recommend it, uh, especially if you're comfortable and you have a good relationship with that person. Um, but, but hire people that are better than you are at specific tasks. If you're a broker doing payroll, hire somebody else because you're probably not the best at it. You're probably a broker because you're good at originating loans. So definitely just when you hire, find someone better than you. There's always someone better. You can't be good at everything and grow. You have to allow yourself to grow in your best space by, again, hiring better than you and you'll find it. I love it. I, I think that you and I are kind I mean, not kind of, we're a lot on the same page with our thinking. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. I've, you know, I put in a lot of aspects of my life is if someone else can do it better than, than myself, then please do it because it's right. just going to help everyone. And, and one part you hit on, which I could, oh, I could go nuts on, which is how we were blamed, you know, during, during the crash yeah. and it was the brokers, you know, like, you know, I had, I had someone say, you know, you offered, and I never wrote one, but I offered an option arm. I don't know if anybody remembers those, but I sat back and go, well, who in the hell offered it to us? It was the right. big things. It wasn't mm -hmm. me just coming up with yeah. this program. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyways, okay. I'm going to leave it at that. So, <laughs> but anyways, Elena, no, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you hit, you hit a lot of points today on many, many things that I think a lot of our community can sink their teeth into. So, um, you know, just thank you for spending the time with us. I know we're all extremely busy right now. Uh, I, you know, 2021 or 2020 for a lot of people, record year. I think 2021 is going to be better. And I think with this podcast right here, anyone who listens to it is going to get better. They will. And I'm so grateful to AIM and all you guys have done. Thanks for making us a family and connecting all of us. I'm, I'm grateful every day for you guys and I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. So, all right, everyone, thank you for sharing. You know, I mean, thank you for joining us today. And Elena, once again, thank you for sharing your insights with us today. Uh, brokers, fellow brokers out there, if you want to get caught up on all of our podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com uh, backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all of our broker to broker podcast episodes on iTunes, 
Spotify and Google Podcasts and anywhere else where you can download podcasts. So, and do me one favor, everyone out there, please rate our podcast and leave a review. Um, Elena touched base on that earlier about leaving reviews, but uh, it helps us get the podcast out there and spreads the word and also makes us better. Uh, but the big word out there, and I, I know Elena's wearing a shirt, I'm wearing a shirt today that says brokers are better. And that's the word we're trying to get across. I love it. I love it. So once again, Elena, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate your insights. Uh, you're an industry leader and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future. Thanks everyone. Everyone have a great day. Bye. Join our Brokers Are Better Facebook group. Be a part of the Brokers Are Better movement by joining the exclusive group for A members and independent mortgage brokers to share best practices, network, and help our community grow. Head over to Facebook and search for Brokers Are Better, select the group and click to join.